welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Mike Freeman. Enjoy. Talking about the spectrum of practices? Oh, okay, we can do that. All right, give me just a moment. I need to, uh, I need to set things up here. See, this is what we need to get ready for, actually all the time, but it's especially apparent in the new year. Things sometimes need to move and shift. And sometimes they make this noise as they do. All right, all right, okay, hang on. It's like, how long is this man going to talk? Well, probably won't get to you. Gosh, I better get to you. Okay, you... Back. Oh, a little more. Hang on. There we go. Okay. Okay. All right. I need a larger table. Bible right side up. Okay, hang on. I told you I needed just a minute. Get things in order. Hopefully I won't need that. Hello. Okay. We're going to engage in a spiritual practice right now. Do not be afraid. It's called breathing. 60 seconds. I'm serious. Seven breaths. I'll tell you when to breathe in. Be still and bring your attention to your breath. Breathe in. Exhale. Breathe in. Exhale. Inhale. All the way. Exhale. Inhale. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. All right. It says, well done. That's a spiritual practice right there. I'll serve you well if you just re- engage in that on a regular basis, like when you start your day. Do many of you are starting your day breathless? And you leave aside the phone. If you're wearing a watch, great. Turn on the mindfulness thing and just breathe. One minute, seven times. Breathe. It's not new age for crying out loud. It's human. Breathe. It'll make you nicer people. 
and then repeat. Okay. That was actually just for me. Because <laughs> I would totally blow your circuits if I just let all the energy that's in here out at once. How about a recitation for the new year? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Okay, I've got to pause right there. Knowledge, not the head stuff, at least not the head stuff only. It's epignosis. Gnosko in Greek means to experience through taste, through touch, through sight, through sound. Experiencing God means opening up the full bandwidth of our senses, not just discerning or perceiving something with the mind. You might think because we're giving you a book like a textbook and saying, know God, that it's an intellectual exercise. And it is. But that's just one of the bases you're touching. Our knowledge of him, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and virtue. Through these, his own glory and virtue, he has given to us very great and precious promises that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Silah. Pause in his presence with that one for a bit. That you may become partakers of the divine nature. That's not new age either. That's Peter. Oh, shoot, I was going to ask you where I was. Okay, you still have 50-50 chance. Shoot. Okay. Okay, where was I? Oh, yeah, his divine power has given us all things for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who's called us by his own glory and virtue. Through these he's given us very great and precious promises that by them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world caused by evil, runaway desires. And for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will make you so that you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For those who lack these qualities are short-sighted to the point of blindness. They're suffering from severe spiritual myopia, human myopia, and not just myopia, amnesia, because they've forgotten that they've been cleaned up from all the mess of their old act. And so therefore make every effort to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and in this way, an entrance will be abundantly supplied to you into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you already have. Yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent, in this earthly frame, to stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, knowing that I must soon put off this tent, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. Okay, and that's really not getting morbid, nor is it a personal prediction. But it's where he was. And so he said, therefore, moreover, I will always ensure that you have a reminder of these things after my departure. It's called the internet. Because whatever is said there, that's forever. 
Four, why is this so important? Reminding you, reminding you, reminding you. Why? For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And therefore, we also have the ancient words of the ancient prophets and seers and sages and poets made more sure, to which you do well to take heed as to a light shining in a dark place. A dark place. There we go. Thank you. This is not the normal word in Greek for dark. It's a word that occurs one time, akmerus. Ooh, nice touch. Akmerus. Akmerus means murky, cloudy, foggy. Not absolute darkness, not pitch dark, but just enough to disorient you and throw you off. To which you do well, these ancient words of the sages and seers and prophets of old, to pay attention as to a light shining in a murky, dark place. You're going to encounter murky, dark places in 2022, yes? You're going to be in them. You'll be in pitch black. In fact, you'll be in pitch black every 24 hours. And life will bring it to you in a doozy. We will have inversions. It'll be murky. It'll be smoky come August. So pay attention as to a light shining in a dark place place until the day dawns. There we go. And the morning star rises in our hearts, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy, no prophetic word of ancient poet, sage, or seer came by human ingenuity and invention. Because prophecy is something that comes by the Spirit. In fact, how Peter ends the chapter, okay, see if I can remember this, okay, because I just looked at it this morning. It was like, oh, that's a beautiful rendering. Okay, give it to you in Greek just because it's cool and it gets you the order so you can see where Peter's heart is in this. He says, Allah, they, no, they never spoke by their own ingenuity and invention, but Allah, strong adversative, but, but, through breath, holy, through divine breath. Pheromenoi. Pheromenoi, it means they were carried about. They were born here. They're born there. They're not in charge of this thing, and yet they bear it within themselves. They can try to close their mouth by Jer like Jeremiah, but it'll become a fire in their heart, causing them to speak, and they are born about. They are carried by divine breath. Apatheu. From God, Elalison, they spoke anthropoi, humans, humans, women and men, and amen. Okay, which book of the Bible is this? Thank you. Which chapter? Very good. The rest of you are allowed to hate that person with all of your heart. <laughs> Probably won all the quizzes in Sunday school. Kidding. Okay. Okay, so 
How'd you like that recitation? So how does he do that? Uh, how did my, I call her number four, because I'm a very loving, caring father. Number four. How did number four do that last week, the week before? Mark 16, all 20 verses. Mark 15, all 44 verses. Where does that come from? Obviously, really talented people. Well, I just want to tell you a little bit of the story of where that comes from. Not because I want you to go there. You have to be a certain kind of crazy to go there. Honestly, I'm, I'm not kidding. You have to be a certain kind of crazy to go there. Well, first of all, I want us to stop and see. I don't know if you had this same thing. But as you start that in Peter, his divine power has given us all things we need for life and godliness according to his power that is working in us. Uh, through these, he's given us very great and precious promises that by them you may, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that's in the world caused by evil desires. And for this reason, make every effort to add to your faith virtue and to virtue, knowledge and to knowledge, self-control and to self-control, perseverance and to perseverance, godliness and to godliness, brother and kindness and brother and kindness, love. Anybody else get breathless with that? Anybody a little bit overwhelmed? You're looking, like, you're looking at your list of resolutions and saying, add to your faith. See, because I get stopped at virtue. Oh, yeah, start with a nice little baby step, Peter. <laughs> add to your faith virtue. Why couldn't he say, add to your faith nap time? <laughs> And add to your nap time, saying no at all the right times. And add to your saying no. Oh, what else could we add there? Oh, strolling, sauntering. Ooh, let's do sauntering, shall we? You know what it means to saunter? Saunter just means you're basically walking rather aimlessly. You're not moving, as most of us do in this culture, directed from point A to point B, feverishly. Because there's utilitarian value for moving here to there. Sauntering is, you know, yesterday I stepped out of the house and I went that way. Today I'm going to go this way. And I'm going to see where this leads me. In fact, I'm going to depart from my normal path. See, this is a stretch for me, just as much as it is for you. And I'm going to see where I end up. Because I'm hoping today I get lost. Ooh, add to your sauntering, getting lost. See, I could deal with a list like this. But add to your faith, virtue into virtue, knowledge into knowledge, self-control. These are leaps. These are bounds. And these are leaps and bounds that, yes, we'll take. But we don't take them in leaps and bounds. We don't even take them like Benjamin Franklin took on virtues by tackling one a week. Well, looks good on you, Ben. Actually, it didn't look too good on Ben. It's going to take smaller moves to make that progression. You're going to find all of a sudden you're moving through this progression again and again. Faith to virtue to knowledge to self-control to perseverance to godliness. Ooh, and by the way, godliness, you might think that's God-likeness. And so it's like this achievement of spirituality. It's just eusebia in Greek. Okay, eusebia. You, good. You is good. Yes, you is. You is good. Sebia is, ah, oh, it's 
good awe. It's like the rabbi, I think it was Abraham Joshua Heschel said, I asked for wonder and he gave it to me. That's you. It's good fear, good wonder, where you're stopped in your tracks by a flight of geese or by a gaggle of children, and you just take in the beauty of that because you see God. God's breaking out everywhere. Okay, that's Eusebia, and it spills over into sanctuaries, and it turns the whole world into a sanctuary. Okay. See what I mean? I probably need to stop and breathe again, don't I? We need small moves. Small moves are what we need. We need small moves in which we're leveraging our life as it is, not as we wish it would be or hope someday it will be. Leveraging our life as it is for daily habits that move us forward. All right, that's, that's today's lesson in a nutshell. That's what I want you to take away. Let me read this to you. All right. Let me get down off my high horse. Saw this email from Nadia Bowles-Weber, our good friend Nadia, had a marvelous, marvelous statement, a blessing for the new year. And if you know Nadia, don't worry, there are no F words in here. As you enter this new year, as you pack away the Christmas decorations and get out your stretchy pants, as you face the onslaught of false promises offered you through new disciplines and elimination diets, as you grasp for control of yourself and your life and this chaotic world, may you remember that there is no resolution that, if kept, will make you more worthy of love. There is no revolution, resolution, That, if kept, will make you worthy of love. If kept, will make life less uncertain and allow you to control a pandemic and your children and the way other people act. So this year, may you just skip the part where you resolve to be better, do better, and look better this time. May you give yourself the gift of really, really low expectations. May you expect so little of yourself that you can be super proud of the smallest accomplishments. Some of you are thinking, wait, is this being said from up here? Seriously? I'll read that one more time. You expect so little of yourself that you can be super proud of the smallest accomplishments. May you expect so little of the people in your life that you actually notice and cherish every small lovely thing they do. Breathe over that one for a minute, huh? Parents, start with that one. Children, you have parents. Start with that one. May you expect so little of the supply chain and the service industry that you notice more of what you do get and less of what you don't, and then just tip really well anyway. May you expect to get so little out of 2022 that you can celebrate every single thing it offers you, however small. All right. Where's Simon? Simon, are you here? How many, how many sermons am I up to, Simon? 
Oh, he's lost track. Okay, yeah. Good man. Ah, oh, Simon, we go back a long ways. And I just realized this starts the 25th year of my being in this community. Wow. No, that's, no, that's, that's not like an achievement. Hey, he endured this long. Good man. Whoa. Endurance test. Whoa. Okay, that's going to have to go to Janet and Joe. I mean, they, they've out. No, my point is 25 years in this community. Glorious years. I believe this community is here and will continue to be here. I don't know what kind of pivotal this year this is going to be, what kind of make or break a year this is for us. Financially, otherwise, in the midst of a world that just seems to go mad, like that's a new thing, but it just seems to be ever much more the case. So I don't know what the year is going to bring, but I do know why we are here. And I'll tell you in a nutshell, well, we are here. I think there are a lot of things we think we're here for and that we're trying to do and make happen. But it's a thing that drew me here 25 years ago and that I'm still here for, even if I'm not literally out there all the time. In fact, rarely am I out there. I'm usually just other places doing the same thing because you guys got a handle on this beautifully out there. And that is we feed the poor people. We see the people that others don't. And we bless them just because, and we do it abundantly. God loves that. And that's his sustaining interest in this place. That's my perspective of a quarter century of my life spent here. I walked in here 25 years ago, and I saw that. And I had all of this knowledge, which at that point was still mostly here, but just starting to broaden out just a bit, which is what... This place requires because we're kingdom people. And if you're kingdom people, that means it's not just a textbook people. And there are very few textbook cases in life. We wing it in the spirit, yeah? That's what we do. As we take what we have and what we keep putting in, the input of scripture and word. You see... And this gets to my story just a bit. Okay, small moves. How did I move from here to like reciting 2 Peter 1? And yes, I could go on through the rest of the book. And then which one do you want next? Would you like, would you like Galatians? Would you like some Philippians? Would you like all of Ephesians this morning? I'm like a scripture jukebox. <laughs> but it was all up here. And this place finally gave an outlet. I just find it hard to keep my feet within this place because the outlet is so broad. The river is so wide and it's flowing. And I keep having encounters with people. And I don't write about most of them. I don't talk about most of them because honestly, they're not for you. Share, share your stories. I mean, that's, that's good. But it's, like, it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan. Oh, how many? Okay, close your eyes if you're with somebody who would judge you if you watch R-rated movies. But if, okay. Uh, no, close your eyes if you're judging people. That's how it should go. But if you saw Saving Private Ryan and they have that quiet moment of sharing stories and their body young men stories, and, and you've, got, you've got Tom Hanks, Captain Miller, right? 
And he had mentioned seeing his wife in the garden. And they said, now tell us about that garden. And what did he say? No, that's just for me. So many of my divine encounters, I'm sorry, they're just for me. Some of them may spill out here and there, but it's just for me. And I think that's at the heart of not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Fine line between sharing our stories. This is just me. I'm just improvising. That's why I'm on a stool. Fine line between sharing our stories and promoting ourselves. I love the stories that were shared last week. It was beautiful and encouraging. But you hear what I'm saying? Go after the encounters by just taking some sauntering strolls and getting lost and saying no. And watch what God does in those unexpected moments to a Rebecca who's, who's just at the well, watering. And there's a stranger. and She's not calculating, thinking, this guy looks like he might have some opportunity for me. She's just exercising what in the scripture is called philoxenia, love of a stranger. Clearly is a stranger, come from a long way. He, unbeknownst to her, has been praying. We're talking about practices here on every side. Lord, I'm on a mission for my master, Avram. At this point, Avram. And so we're looking for a young woman for his son, Yitzhak. Lead me to the right woman. How am I going to know? Well, who would the right woman be? But not the one that is most fair, most beautiful, most savvy, most sarcastic, most snappy in the dressing department. But the one who loves a stranger extravagantly. Yes, that's who it will be. Rebecca doesn't know about this. Rebecca just walks up, she sees him, and and I think, he, didn't he ask the question? Or did she just offer? He had to go back to Genesis 25 and read. But she, on her own initiative, said, let me also water all of your camels. He's got like a whole caravan, people. She just offered to wash the entire fleet of limos. And he's watching her, and I love this. He watched her carefully to see, hmm, is this the one? And, and, and God is like, do I need to hit you with how many more two-by-fours? Yes, this is the one. It's that, practices, practices, presence. And so she was present. And so the rest of the story unfolds. Most random and small things. Now, for me, okay, wow. Okay, so for me, my mom dies of cancer when I'm 13. Single mom, works, worked hard, hardworking single mom. Two boys, she tried to corral. A number of women immediately can understand the torments that we put her through. I was 13, my brother 15. She was diagnosed with cancer in May, and she died in September. We were her hospice care over that summer, long, hot summer of 73. She'd taken us faithfully to Presbyterian Church, where I took this Bible. Somebody donated this Bible, and it's like, this was my Bible. Not literally this one. That would have been amazing. I would see her handwriting in it. But the smell... And the pictures. I memorized this Bible, though I never read a word of it. I just carried it. And I probably threw it away when she died, honestly. Wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with church, nothing to do with that. It was all rubbish. I had other words for it. 
I succeeded only in two things in my rebellious years of 13, 14, and 15. And that was, oh, no, I failed at growing my hair long. I couldn't get it past here. It just drove me crazy. It just frayed out and frizzed, and it just drove me crazy. Kudos, ladies, kudos. But I, I succeeded very well at cussing. But I was terrified of girls, terrified of drugs. Hated the smell of liquor. Total failure. But I tried, and I cursed. And I'm staying at my friend's house, and then one day there's a call. He gets the call. It's when you had to get up to answer the phone across the house because it was connected to the wall. Right? You actually... Okay, this is 1975. He answers the phone. I'm oblivious. He comes back and said, who was that? And he says, that was Rush across the street. And I said, what did he want? He said, he wanted to know if I wanted to come to church with him. And I, I have no idea why. I just sat up ramrod straight in bed and said, I want to go. And I threw myself together. Holy jeans, holy t-shirt, frizzy long hair. That's not how I ever went to church in my life. And I intercepted their car barely in time as it came in the street, this car filled with properly dressed people. And I assaulted their car like a reverse, uh, like a, a perverse Philip chasing down the eunuch in his chariot. I assault the car. And I, and I hit the window, stop, I want to come. Can I come? And they stopped, and I knew the family. I wasn't a total stranger to them. And, and they said, yes, get in. They were in a little Church of Christ community in the San Fernando Valley. And they said, yes, get in. And I went to church as I was. They did not have on their bumper sticker, come as you are, you'll be loved. But it was a corporate practice. Just like the practice of calling across the street to see if Paul maybe wants to come this week. And they didn't get Paul, although he did end up dragging himself to because I went, and they felt like he needed to go too. And I went, and I met people, all ages, a youth group. It was just like 50, though. But how many does it take to have spiritual community? Two, three, eight is fantastic. And from there, the possibilities become exponential, but so do the challenges. But I digress. I grew up in the next few years. I had three years with them. And they ate every fourth Sunday and they had singings. They sang up the wazoo. And it was all just voices. And it was so weird. And then scripture. The sermon was just scripture. I'd never heard so much scripture in one. I heard more scripture in one sermon than I heard in 14, 13 years in that Presbyterian church which isn't a slam on the Presbyterians. It's just these guys were crazy. And a hunger. And I want to know how to get started. And I didn't have that Bible anymore, but I asked for a Bible. It was King James. And so I started there. And, it's like, and I just began. I just dived in. There's no Googling. There's no YouTube. There's no online. There is no online. You walk to the wall for communication, people. There is no online. It's me and the scripture and it's this community. And I found out there, they have a 
Tuesday night Old Testament study, which is some youth, but a lot of adults, a lot of really seasoned adults. And then there was a, and then there was a midweek Bible study. And then there was youth group on Friday nights. And then there's Sunday morning. And then there's Sunday evening. And my dad was convinced I'd joined a cult. But I was given this love of scripture and I was reading and I began to wonder, wow, so this thing has chapters like in it. So how many chapters are there? I can't Google that. I counted them. I just counted them. And it's like, I don't know, what is it? 900 and it's like 929. Oh gosh, it's a bunch of chapters. I just calculated the number of chapters. Old Testament, New Testament. I know New Testament has 265. Um, oh gosh, sorry, the number's gone from my head. But I calculated, how many chapters do I need to read a day? And, and to get through the New Testament, like in a month. How many to get through it in two weeks? How many to get through it in a week? Wow. Okay, and then I start working on the Old Testament. Bit more of a challenge. 1189, that's the total number of chapters. 265. Okay, anyway, sorry. I did those calculations. I did that. You know how long I did that? Just intense. I was reading through the New Testament during the summer months. I was reading through it at least once a month. During school, I was reading through it, well, actually during summer months, maybe twice a month. During the school year, at least once a month. And then I was working, and I figured out if I read eight chapters of the Old Testament a day, I'm getting through the Old Testament every six months. And I did that. You know how long I did that? I did that for like 20 years. I stayed for 20 years until finally, God, this is when I'm in my third pastorate. That's when I was up here. And I was about to engage in the same thing again. And I heard the voice. We didn't believe in the voice, but I heard the voice saying, why are you doing that? You don't have to go so fast anymore. Stop, slow down, slow down, slow down, change the pace. That was good. I'm really impressed. Bravo. <laughs> slow down. Because I was doing Hebrew and I was doing Greek and I was memorizing. And the memorization started. I tried journaling, but totally, 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 I want to keep saying the word suck, but that's wrong. I was really bad. I was really bad at journaling. But I wrote down the scriptures and I started noticing the scriptures started connecting. And then it was like, oh, I've got a paragraph. Oh, I can get this. I got this paragraph and this paragraph. Connect them. Got a chapter. Whoa. And then I could do, I could do a book. And so I memorized, and it was the letters, because that's where the church lived, was in the letters. Because Paul was the savior of that church. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, okay? All right. This is why I said for years, from the pulpit, as number four, Rihanna heard, how I wish I spent the 20 years of my formative youth and strength memorizing the Gospels. Instead of the letters, the letters are commentary, the gospels are the heart. All my time was spent in the periphery, not in the heart. Rianne actually listened to me and did it. Wow. I have a child that listened to me <laughs> and acted on it for two years. Practices, practices. I'm touching on so many practices here. All of it was, though, for me. I would get up on a stage like so. I would get up on a stage and I would, would try to, to do this in the, in the pulpit. Always, it just felt like it fell flat. It almost felt like I was abusing it. 
Because this was my discipline. This is for me. This is my time with God. This is my channel. And so it would just spill out in sermons. But I didn't try it until, well, well along. I heard about a pastor who just got up and preached a sermon on the mount. And he had somebody really take him to task over his stance on divorce. Um, because, you know, what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, ooh, that would be fun. And I was about to be shown the door at the, the, the Church of Christ here in town. This is 97. And so I spent my last summer just getting up and preaching books of the Bible without comment. It was so fun. I didn't tell them that's what I was doing. I just got up and I just said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it was so much fun. Came here, didn't say anything for two years. Well, maybe said a few things. But it was 1999, and I was asked, I think, Amy, that might have been, you might have been involved with that. It was like a Christmas party in Auditorium 1. And he said, could you, like, come and be Joseph? And I'm thinking, I've never acted before. So maybe that was someone else. I don't know. Somebody, but Robbie tries, dad was there, and he heard me come in like Tevya doing Joseph. And he goes to try and says, let's get this guy in front of a crowd. And so <laughs> Try gets me up here. And I do this thing, and then it was just like, well, that was kind of weird. And then I just started offering, hey, we're going into Galatians. I could just preach Galatians if you want, try as an introduction or a part of it or whatever. And so I would just start preaching books of the Bible here. I once preached Hebrews. Well, I did it in parts, though. One time, Tri was afraid of dealing with 1 Corinthians, or no, Romans 11, because of all the eschatology. And... I just said, let me just get up here and recite Romans 9 through 11. And it was so much fun. But that wasn't the point of it. It's like that's just an outflow from it. Practices over 20 years of intense reading, exposure to Scripture, just because I was crazy enough to do it, and it's how I was wired. You need to find out how you're wired. Now, this is the thing, because I want to end on this note, because it gets to the whole point here. Plus, I have like a whole slideshow that I haven't even got to yet, but it'll go fast. Because in that, go ahead and show the, the title, Hans, if, if you're still there. Are you there, Hans? Yeah, you can show the title. Anyway, if it gets up there, you'll see this. Yeah, there you go, picture of this. This is, this is a jar of little rocks. You know what this comes from? See, because after my heart attack in March, March 21st of last year. I was having to get up every morning, still do, 6 a.m., taking my medication, blood pressure, weight check, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm up, and I was staying up. And you know, I just decided I've got this new watch they gave me to track my heart. For that purpose, it became useless because my heart is always in perennial, constant AFib. I don't need you to tell me that again. I don't need you to tell me. It's like, yes, I know, AFib. I know, I know, I know, I get it, okay. But it, it has this exercise ring. And I, I might as well fill it. This was last week of March, April. And so I started taking walks and met the sunrise each morning. And I didn't do anything with the time. I was just walking, trying to complete this. After about two weeks, I'm thinking, I could do something in this time besides just walk as exercise. I could recite books of the Bible. You realize you can recite the book of Ephesians in one mile. <laughs> my wife started complaining about finding little rocks on the floor because they were getting stuck in the grooves of my shoes. And it was an annoyance to her, and I realized, oh, I'm going to start collecting a rock-a-walk. 
just because it's like, wow, a, a rock a walk. These are my morning walks. And what I see in the mornings, okay, oh, oh, go to the, go to the second slide. Don't worry, band, you better come up or I'll probably never stop. That's me. That's me at 16. Look at that hair. And look at those pants. That's Harmon Thompson. He led the Tuesday night study in the Old Testament. Oh, God bless you, Harmon. The book that I'm holding, the box that it's in, this was it, Strong's Concordance, June 1977. Okay, yeah, that still puts me at like 17. Okay, to Mike Freeman, use it to explore the riches of the word, Harmon and Reva. They're both dead. I was sent this picture. Reva just passed away, and I was sent this picture. Oh, my God. I don't use this book anymore. I don't need to. All right, I've outgrown it. People call me to ask where things are. I'm like a walking strongs for people because I read the book over and over and over and over and over and over and over again for 20 years, and I keep reading and trafficking in it, you see. Little practices, little rocks every step of the way, and it accumulates over a lifetime, over decades. Don't think of what you're going to accomplish this year in your life. Think what little moves you're going to make that in a decade will fulcrum the world in a new direction. Think of that. I've been walking. Okay, I'm not now because I'm not crazy. My wife says I'm chicken. She goes, buck, buck, buck. <laughs> we were in Hagerman yesterday. It was one degree outside and icy. No, I don't take a dawn walk at 6 a.m. because I'm not crazy. And this also isn't about performance. When you're in practices, another key practice, no, when you just let them go. Let them go for a couple of months and have fun. I'm going to resume them, though, come March. Now I just take a walk whenever I want to, and that's great. The greatest danger in your practices is that they become boulders that drag you down. We begin in the spirit, we end up in the flesh. So just make sure they stay as little pebbles that you can walk away from. But I have greeted so many sunrises. Okay, real quick. Yes, thank you. Real quick. Ah, okay, go on, go on. Quick. Next. That's my path. Overboard, dirt path. Sunrise. Next one. Next one, Hans. Sunrise. Next one. Sunrise. Next one. Sunrise. Everyone is different. They all have their own character. Everyone's a painting from God right in front of me. Next. Oh, this is, that's Stanley. Next one. La, oh, where, where is, oh, Lava Hot Springs back in July. Next one. Gettysburg. Big round top, little round top. Next one, Gettysburg, just because I couldn't do just one. I was dreaming of taking that walk for a year. A dawn walk in Gettysburg. Now, this is a trellis. If you read the devotions, if you didn't, shame on you. Okay, no, just kidding. You can go back and this will make more sense. I don't have a nicely shaped trellis for you. And go do what I did, and I will sell this to you and equip you with it for just $19.95. Not one of these. All right, you can improvise these, but actually what we want to do is invert this and turn it into our root system. These are your roots going down, and you need to find out where are you sinking your roots. Little roots going down. Go ahead, um, Hans, advance to the last slide, because Mitchell worked so hard to make it happen. 
right there. You're going to hear more about this next week. We're going to be embarking on 40 days of prayer starting actually on January 16th. Next week is going to prep you for it. And the question is, what are our roots going down into people? You'll find there Jesus, prayer. Prayer is the key practice we're looking at. That's another thing I realized in my walks. I not only can recite scripture, this was like another two weeks to four weeks when the realization came, I could be praying while I walk. And you know what I started doing? I started walking down the hallway here in my head. I would stop always, Soda, John, and I would pray for them. I would pray for their community. Mercies, oh God, on them. And then there was Brent and Kate and their brood, because I haven't memorized the names yet, but God knows the names. And I pray mercies, whatever else came. And I go down, and next is Lindsay, which would get me to Mitchell across the hall, and cedar planted like a living tree. Oh, I'd have fun with cedar in the walks. Okay, that would sound creepy, but you know what I mean. Um, And right down the hall I went. Prayer became something that it hadn't been in 40 years for me. Leverage your life for daily habits that move you forward. Sink your roots in places that will make you grow upward. And then we become trees of life, bringing life to home, to church, to city, to nation, to world. That's the end of the lesson. So, Thank you for bearing with me. I've got to go. Um, Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, My prayer this morning is very simply, may, may may a one word of what is heard this day be yours, which was actually Mr. Rogers' prayer before each. Each show that he did, actually. May one word. I hope you've gotten one word that was actually his. My daughter's actually coming up. My daughter, Brenna, oldest, is coming to pick me up in a white Yukon. She needs a safety passenger to go pick up her daughter. We have cancer all over our family. You know the story, right? So good. But she's picking me up, so she's going to be at the door in just a minute here. So I won't be around to sign autographs or to take your voluminous praise and appreciation. If you have criticism, um, trevor.estes at vineyardboise.org. <laughs> Trevor loves those emails, especially on Monday morning, because this is one of our practices, of course, is the body of Christ. We must skewer whoever sticks their neck on the block up here. We must obligingly chop it off. So Trevor loves that. God bless you, people. We're here for a purpose. Let's find it. Let's root into it. And let's pay attention to what's coming up in these 40 days of prayer, yeah? Leverage your life. I just kind of gave you a peek into mine. Leverage your life for daily habits that will move you forward. Okay? All right. Father, make this all... Let's just go back. Your divine power gives us everything we need for life and godliness.
through our experiential encounters with you again and again and again. Show us where to pour ourselves. Right now in our life, show us spaces that we can use, that we can leverage. Not something new on the calendar, but something already there in our day. Show us how to use it. Let us follow the nudges. And let us go deep into you in 2022. In Jesus' name, amen. And I didn't even mean to rhyme there. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.